And we are live here on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. <laughs> I'm laughing already because <laughs> your co-host, Jay Bartlett, is cracking up in the green room right now. I'm just going to bring him on. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Uh, now you're hacking my style. I love what it. Are you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about here? I love it. It's good. The scarfs. Is that one or two? <laughs> oh, no. You mean this? The, yeah. Oh, no. This is just because I'm cold, right? Isn't that why you wear a scarf indoors at night? No, it's because I think I'm a pirate. Hello? Yeah. Clearly. Okay. Okay, well, I didn't know pirates wore, wore scarves, but okay, so I, I'm just, I thought Zelda? this is the cool thing to do. Huh? That's Zelda. Yeah, that's right. So it's a little thick. It's a, it's a little thick. Okay, not, well, not bad, that, that's how I roll. I'm usually a little, a little on the thick side, okay? I like a little thick <laughs> hey, scarf. That's how I you, go. You said it, man, not me. Well, here we are. It is another episode, as I said. Do you mind if I wear the scarf? You seemed a little uh, on edge that I'm wearing. Am I taking too much from you here? That was hilarious. That made me laugh so hard. Oh, good. 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 <laughs> hey, you know what? You you pull it off. The beard, the beard is maybe rubbing a bit on it. You're, you're no, it's not. You're missing the neckline, but that's no, okay. no, no. It's good. I, I got good? my scarf tips from scarftips.com, uh, which oh, is right okay. next to Space Gap, and they said this is where you go. So I got my space cape. I got my neck scarf. Okay, I'm good to go. Uh, it's a big show for us because we have a special guest that's coming on later tonight, and that's Motu Joe is going to be joining us for our second topic when we discuss deep dive collecting. Uh, Motu Joe, he doesn't just collect action figures. He collects everything with the brand name on it. So I think we're going to have yeah. fun kind of dissecting that a little bit. Uh, and we're going to have our figure spotlight, of course. And we've got a lot of questions that have come in over the last week or so. Um, I did want to take a minute and pause and just kind of talk about the goal of the show, Jay. This is something you and I have been talking about for a little bit now, especially the last week. You know, what, what are we doing? What, what, what is the show? We go on, we talk. It's a show about nothing. It's a show about dollings. You know, what is it? A show about dolling? Yeah, um, we're just I, I dolling know. our dollings. I don't know. This is a question I ask you every day on the phone. What are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? What is this? We're not men. No, we're not. Um, we are having a good time, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we're entertaining people. I think oh. we're pretty entertaining. I think, especially you, with that scarf. I mean, you, you've, <laughs> you've won. You've won the internet today. So, <laughs> well, I'm the big hero last week with my promos, and now I'm the big uh, hero this week with my scarf. Yeah, so you're stealing. All it's the one-upmanship, right? I got. Yeah. I should actually end the show right now to end on a high note. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for well, tuning thanks in. For watching this is this is how it goes. Uh, goal of the show, yeah, sure, we're entertaining. I think the goal for us is that this can become our 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 real vehicle. It's it's the real vehicle that we've got going on. I I think it's going to be the thing that connects everything else that we do. So. Whether you know we're doing another season of action figure adventure, whether we're doing you know more video game collecting stuff, whether yeah. I'm doing you know He-Man Dolly documentary or video game box art, or you're doing you know YouTube reviews or podcasting elsewhere, this is the place where we come back. We always come back here. 
we always get to have all those other things connect. And this is where we get to kind of celebrate everything. So that's, that's the vision that I, that I've got. This isn't just like a one-off thing. This isn't until the end of action figure adventure airs. Um, This isn't until, I don't know. There's no goalpost down the road for me. Cause I just see this as being the main vehicle and I see it expanding a ton where we get to bring a lot of guests on. Like I said, Motu Joe's coming on later on for this episode, which I'm really excited about because Motu Joe is one of the people that we've met in our adventures. And the more people we meet, the more that they can be part of this. Exactly. I think um, if I may be honest, everyone, uh, Rob Rob just likes to be David Letterman. So (laughs) there's a little bit of that in there too. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to Joe. Um, He's, he's in the series and, uh, I talked to him a little bit here and there online, but it'll be cool to be face to face with him, so to speak. Along the lines of building everything that we've got and what we see the vision as for this show, I, I really want it to be an awesome community of, of people that come together and like truly kind of get what we're doing here. Um, you know, sh- would it be great to have hundreds of thousands and millions of people watching this and downloading our, our you know, antics and, and whatnot and hijinks? Sure. But I'd rather have a close knit community where we actually get to know everybody so that if we all get excited about an idea collectively we can figure out how to make that happen and it's not just ideas from us we can find a way to support stuff that you guys are doing and kind of be all part of the you know the the solution to the things that get us excited so the community aspect is is really important and on on the patreon side of things you know everybody that's been joining over the last you know few weeks in particular has been really cool sharing ideas for questions and topics and just reaching out and saying why they love the show why they love talking to us it's uh it's it's a really awesome thing that's that's starting to take hold and i can't wait to see where it goes as as things kind of progress uh with everything we're doing we started this i mean you and i have been uh Jeez, we've been podcasting since what 20 I'm trying to think of when the wired in network was. Was that 2010? 2011? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I had my own video game show on. It was you and Justin, I think, who ran this thing and we all had kind of our different shows and I was doing stuff with Glenn back then. Um our good pal Glenn who's often involved in a lot of our stuff. Yeah. And uh had a blast doing that, learned a lot. Then we had GamerCast, which yep. was a vehicle to promote Nintendo Quest and the Power Tour, and that was a blast. And a little strange, because you were in Vegas, now you're in London, but you were in Vegas then. Uh, even though I'm from here. You're from here, yeah. And so Glenn would come over to my place, and we would record, and you'd be remote. Uh, and that was really cool. We did that for a good number of years. And now here we are, once again. But I like the idea that this is the community spot for everything that we're going to do i think that's a really cool idea for sure and i think it's better than just recording i like i like talking to everyone i think i've spoke to most people here it's awesome yeah i think one of the coolest things about this the live stream that of course is on youtube on twitch and on facebook and then later gets ported to all our podcast listeners out there uh, is the interaction. And again, if community is one of our goals, then we should be able to kind of interact with them, even if it's only once a week for an hour or so at a time. I think it's super important that we get to know 
you know what's going on. Tim's already asking a question. He's one of our big Patreon supporters. He goes, "Where's the villain of action figure adventure like Nintendo Quest?" Well, of course, Nintendo Quest has maybe a couple different villains depending on how you want to look at it. Where's the villain of action figure adventure? Well, you'll have to watch action figure adventure, and we know most of the people watching this right now are in the U.S. and we don't have a broadcast date yet for action figure adventure in the U.S. and Canada. You're on episode three will be coming out next week. And I think there are some adversarial forces for sure in action figure adventure, but I think the, the big bad guy is always the ticking clock. I think that's the, that's the villain that's always against you. Don't roll your eyes at me. It's, it's a lot of that. And it's a lot of up here, me battling with myself. And I think, uh, if I may say, those are some of the best moments that you capture because I know you like the, the turmoil because it creates good drama and all that kind of stuff. But it's uh, real. That's it why is real. I like yeah. It. And there's a lot of you know, I make a choice and then I'll just sit there and think, you know, can you cut for a second? You're like, yeah, sure, wink, wink. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna cut. Don't worry, we won't film this. Camera in the back recording, and I'm just like, when I talk to you candidly like that, I think that's some of the best stuff that we do. Um, and I'm always like, man, should I do this? Should I buy this He-Man figure or whatever? You know, do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. I, I love. There's a lot of that <laughs> action figure adventure, a lot more than Nintendo Quest, and I think it's it's some of the best stuff. I really do. So my point is, the villain is my own brain. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but that's 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 the real thing. That's I mean, that's what what makes it real. Because anytime, no matter what we're collecting, and that's our first topic. You know, are there is all collecting the same? What are the differences between collecting? And we're going to take a look at. <laughs> collecting between games and toys very specifically we always face these choices and what i love about the stuff that we've done so far the the collecting quests are like a game themselves how would you play it what choice would you make and nobody has to agree with you but they get to see the kind of they get to see the ripple effect from the choices that you do make so yeah yeah um Bill Ma's making fun of us here he goes rob does look like he wants to see jay suffer with his inner turmoil it is not wrong Rob's and, been making me suffer since God, the eighties, 83, yeah. 84, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. It's uh, all good. From YouTube. Z pod says, finally watched Nintendo quest, not a vintage game guy, but I enjoyed it quite a lot. Thank you. Uh, Tim says being into games. If either you played the new GI Joe game makes me think the classified series of figures were made looks wise for this game. I would agree. It seems to be right off of them. Right? I've, I've, I've played it. It's horrible. It's so bad. Uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. And you can tell that that's where the art design from the new uh, Joe line, the six inch came from. Um, it's it's a pretty basic shooter. It's just the, the play mechanics, dude, are so you can't even play it. And I tried, man. I tried. So, I mean, what do you want? It was I think it was a budget titles and like 20, 20 or 30 yeah. bucks. So I should have known right away. But yeah, I remember that being an issue. There you go. Um, Let's start Monday Night McAloo off with our icebreaker. I know we've kind of had a bit of a diatribe there, but let's get back on the rails. As I mentioned to you, Jay, earlier in the day, I'm a little bit under the weather. I suffer from diverticulitis, which is a way of saying I don't digest certain foods well. Uh, seeds, popcorn, anything like that. It can actually get stuck and cause a huge problem in my intestine. So I've got to take medicine if I get one of these things stuck. And it makes everything taste like tin in my mouth for like mm. two weeks. I got to avoid coffee and anything that's a potential irritant. It's it's awful. But it got me thinking about 
how lucky we are to have, you know, the medicine that we have, of course, you know, everybody's excited about the COVID vaccine that's coming out. And I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. When we're younger and we have like the sniffles or a sore throat or something, we got to take medicine, right? Like remember the, like that cherry syrup medicine or that banana flavor medicine. It's yeah. just awful. It made me think, what is the banana flavor medicine when it comes to toys? The, the thing that we need to have in the collection that we're not super like excited about, but it, you know, like it's kind of like the thing that you need. I'd say any kind of stormtrooper or Cobra officer, army builder figure, the, the, yeah. the kind of figure that fills out the collection really well, but it's just like, Oh man, I have to buy another stormtrooper, especially in Canada when black series are $30 it's like I've been buying stormtroopers since I was old enough to work, right? It's like I don't want another one, but you got to get it in that scale and with that art style. And so I'd say any kind of army builders, um, save for maybe the horde trooper because that guy is just amazing. Right. What would yeah. you say the the banana flavor medicine of toys is from your personal collection right now? Stormtroopers is that still stick for you? Yeah, I, I would say any kind. Of, there's some troopers I like, but. Um, the, the plain old stormtrooper. I know it's iconic looking. I know the armor is beautifully designed, but I'm just so tired of buying those things. Um, yeah, it would be a stormtrooper. Yeah, I, I was I was right along the same lines with you. And for me, it's the foot soldier from Turtles. Oh, uh, that's that's way better. It's just sure. not an exciting character at all. There, there's no yeah. variance from the original line. I'm very thankful for the current NECA cartoon line. That there's at least some variation when they got different damages and different, you know, you know, kind of uh, hits on them and different kind of components. So that's nice, but it's still like one of those mindless, faceless, you know, trooper army builder things that just like, yeah, I guess I got to get it to make it part of the thing. And I, now that I'm collecting like the Mandalorian stuff, there's like the incinerator trooper. There's like the normal stormtrooper that has just a little bit of dust and dirt on them. And I was just like, mm, I guess I got to get a couple of these. How many do I well, have to get? Yeah. When you consider the stormtrooper, it's five years after Jedi. So, I mean that I kind of get, it's at least a little bit different. I'm just talking about the plain white and black stormtroopers. Yeah. The foot soldier. That's good, man. Cause I, I never bought the, uh, the NECA movie one because I can't stand the way they look like in the, even yeah. in the movie, I think I like, I like the bug eyes. That's no good. That's yeah. Bug eye thing. It's different, right though? Because in the original, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not the biggest guy on turtle knowledge, but in the original Eastman Laird comic, they were people, correct? Foot soldiers. Yeah. And yeah. then for the cartoon for violence wise, they had to make them ro robots. So they like could so get, many things. They could get cut up and explode and all that. And then in the movie, they're humans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got that straight. All right. Absolutely. Got it. At, at least unless it's been retconned some way, but that's what I believe it is. Because isn't Daniel yeah. the kid trying to become a member of the foot in the movie? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 I just, they, they just didn't look good. They, they never appealed to me. But yeah, that definitely is worse than a stormtrooper. I'll give you that. Yeah. 100%. All right, let's move on to topic one. And that, like I said earlier on, is is all collecting the same, Jay. We've collected a lot of things in our entire life. And I always get exciting about any time somebody talks about collecting. And it doesn't, I don't even care if I'm into the thing. I just like the culture of collecting. 
You know, yeah. I can talk to somebody and listen to them talk about the, you know, the, 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 the special, the special kind of stamps that are out there or, or coins, which are our least favorite things that we would ever want to collect. Uh, book collecting is, is interesting to me. Uh, sports cards is something I think we've both been into comic books, of course, toys yeah. and, and video games. And because people know it's from both Nintendo quest and action figure adventure, I wanted to talk today about video games and action figures very, very specifically. What are the differences between collecting, if any? And I've got a few different topics that we can go down, but I'll just open it up to you. Are there any major differences that you see between collecting games and collecting figures? Or I, thought of, I thought about this. Um, I don't really think that there is. If you're looking at it, stripping it down component-wise, um, let's look at the NES. Um, you have three components, which are the cartridge, the book, and the box. It's just like collecting the accessories for the figure. So the cart would be like the main figure, and then, of course, the box is the package, and I think the manual as the accessories. I don't think there's much difference. And the ones that we collect from our era, even Genesis, uh, Turbo, they all had books too, right? So they always have those three components. I don't really see a lot of difference. You? All right. Well, let's find out. I'm, we're going to go down my list, and we'll see if your uh, hypothesis holds true by the time we get to... I've got, I think, six different categories here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. First, first one is the big one: rare items. The thing that makes something rare is it the same on both sides? So, what makes something rare in toys is it the same as it is on games? Uh, again, specifically for going down the NES library, a lot of the big ones like Little Samson. It wasn't because Little Samson was a bad game. It was because it came out in 1992, and the Super Nintendo was a year old. So. Back then, it was all about the best graphics. So Little Samson got passed on. Some of the old stuff like DuckTales 2, Chippendales 2, they're great games, but nobody bought them because they were buying Super Nintendo and Genesis, right? Um, I think action figures are are the same. I think the print runs are low on some of them, especially nowadays on purpose. So I think it's pretty pretty identical. I think there's a bit of a difference because I think a lot of the figures that are rare are as a result of production errors or miscommunication. You don't see that in the world of games because once a game is shipped, unless it gets bought and repackaged, like stadium events becoming world-class track meet, it's out there. Even if it's low production number, we see low production number in toys, so I 100% agree. But we don't see like the Vinyl Cape Jawa version of a video game. The closest we would get is like the re-release of like Metroid with the yellow label instead of the silver label right well, we see way more of that in toys you, you get collector's editions collector's editions and if you're and i don't talk i'm not talking about like a company like ubisoft that over they overproduce their collector's editions i'm talking about atlas or some more obscure companies that bring out uh what was that game that we both really liked that came out like dragon's crown they had a limited edition oh uh, yeah. yeah that yeah. thing is worth a fortune because th there wasn't that many right um, so but I think, there, but there's tons of that in the world of toys too. You know, they're like, there's not a lot of Clark Kent mail away superpower figures. It was a low run. They're out there. You right. had a chance to get it. Yeah. And it's, and it's a low run, but there's not the production error issues for games that we see in toys. It's not like you can yeah. get, you know, version one of Mario three has a different kind of chipboard and, and it's different or more sought after as a result, or like Brown versus blonde Luke. Right. The variants. Yeah. 
yeah, I agree with you. There's the the variant covers for like Metroid and stuff like that. We ran across that, but uh, yeah, yeah, you're right again. Congratulations, Letterman. You're right again. Let's go to the second point. Options. Which has more to collect, toys or video games? Why don't you tell me what the right answer is, and then I'll go after you go. I want you, you to struggle impossibly for a good couple minutes to eat up some airtime, and then I'll tell you how wrong you are in a systematic order, going letter by the alphabet for every point that proves that you're wrong. Okay, what was the question again? <laughs> okay, options. Which has more to collect, toys or video games? Oh, my God. Okay, um, toys. Wrong. Toys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You think so? Why? Because I think it's something like the PS2 library. If you're trying to collect all that, there's like 1,500 games or something ridiculous for that library alone. And I know G.I. Joe has, what, over 500 figures? But how many lines are as big as Joe? In like 2005, or sorry, in 2002, the Attack of the Clone figure line, was, there was like 1,500 figures in it. It's a joke, of course, but uh, the heyday of Star Wars was, yeah, 99 to like 2005. There were so many figures, man. Yeah, but when we're uh, talking uh, like actual hard numbers, like look how many Wii games there are. The NES games, like there's 700, like every li console library seems to have no. hundreds. No, figures for sure. Actual no way. figures. I think 100%. there's way more games to collect no. than, than toys. There's way more like versions of He-Man than there is even games anyway. So Are you kidding wrong. me? How many versions of X game has been released by Nintendo? Like there's so many different weird variants on games with the different cover art, with the with you know the dual language. I was talking to our good friend Todd Curtis, who I mentioned uh when we did our Nintendo Quest retrospective, and he's almost got a complete DS collection. He said one of his DS games that he that he had to get had 12 different versions yeah. on it. And it's just the packaging and it's just like one or two lines at the bottom. It's it's crazy. I I okay, we can call it a tie, but I think I'm right. That well, of course you're right. I mean, you're running the show, aren't you? Do do some weird <laughs> things with the screens now. <laughs> Cut me off. Okay, here we go. There you go. Yeah. Um yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you there. <laughs> You're going to give it to me. Cool. I'll keep, I'll keep it clean. All right. We'll go back to the regular view where we're even 50-50 on the screen here. Okay. Condition. Which is harder to keep nice? Games with their paper manuals and boxes or toys with their packaging and accessories? What do you think? I think because they're both kind of made from the same materials, it's pretty much a tie. Okay. Um, I, I would say that because you have carded figures um, and look at, for instance, the uh, the old Masters of the Universe stuff, the bubbles um, for for the vehicles themselves. And we were talking about that in one of the episodes. Like they're almost always pushed in, even though it's brand new. It's sat in Grandma's attic for two hundred years. It's still broken just because it's just old, right? Um, I don't know. I'm almost thinking that it might be easier to keep uh, like a box for a video game in better condition. Than, than a blister. I don't know, man. I yeah, know. I, I would say that toys get roughed up a little bit more. I mean, toys were meant to be played with. So unless you're finding like a sealed case or something, chances are when you find something that's open, it's been bashed around by kids at some point, unless it's always been on the collector shelf, right? So by yeah. but by, by like kind of necessity, like by, by design, that toys are meant to be kind of like, you know, have physical impact and and have wear and tear on them. So games, that, that 
how many NES cartridges did we come across? And well, there was a ton that were dirty. There was nothing that was like really cracked or broken or bent or chipped, you know, and that's still 30 plus years. And going back to the uh, mid 2000s Star Wars stuff, some of my Revenge of the Sith uh, that have, you know, have been displayed nicely throughout my different homes, uh, they're, they're coming off the, the card back. The glue is just coming off it, right? And it's right. not, they've been mistreated or mishandled. It's just, they're just old. So, yeah. Yeah. And then we talk about O-rings before, where the O-rings can snap. I guess every G.I. Joe O-ring at some point is destined to fail. The old Amigo design of the Joe style, the black hole figures. I have Dr. Hans Reinhardt, and he's literally broken in a sealed card just because oh. it, of rot. It just rotted, right? You can't do anything about that. These things were, they're disposable for kids, right? You know, Hasbro was never thinking, yeah. oh, these will be saved for 40 years. No, they were just built to be played with and handed down or thrown away, right? Now, Nathan brings up a good point here. He says, do controllers count? Because controllers certainly uh, lose a few battles. And I know I've gone through some controllers. I know, Jay, you've gone through some controllers. Not just throwing them at the screen as you get angry at Diddy Kong trying to chase down Whizpig and kicking everyone out of your house. But because the <laughs> controllers... Shut up. You know, get the physical wear and tear just like... God, just like I hate, hate you. I, I remember so much from all our hanging out. We're getting um, a lot of comments here. I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in on some of what people have been saying here. Um, I'm gonna flash these back. How many toys? Uh, how many toys uh, came out while NES, SNES, and Sega were out? Way more toys. Um, and then Bill Ma says toys. It's not even close. There's more toys to collect than, than video games. I don't know. I want to see a running running cat tally. I mean, toys have a few more decades out there, of course, too. Um, that's a pretty big, a pretty big deal. I, I think toys are for sure. Wow, I still think you're wrong. Um, value or cost of games or toys? What do you think is more expensive to kind of collect? Wrong. Well, from personal experience, there's a lot of expensive games. Yeah. From personal experience, there's a lot of expensive toys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, you go. Let me think. My brain hurts. Think. I think, I think games. I think games are way more expensive. And this has been a this is, this for me. I think because goes back to the the fact that games are like the the big thing right now, right? Games are more popular than music, TV, and movies. Everybody plays games, so that all obviously brings out the collecting culture as well. And anytime you have that, the the, the the market is going to is going to bubble. It's going to increase. So I think it's harder to find, you know, these games yeah. in, in a better condition because, like, like we just said, right? Toys have been around longer. So the games, I don't know, man. I just think it's way harder to find the games, and they're when you do find them in that perfect condition, they go for a lot more, a lot more. And let's talk about sealed games too, because that's really rare. Because uh, let's talk about uh, you know buying two of the same Star Wars figure, one to open, one to put on your shelf. Sure, but who really does that with games? Think about that. Yeah, well, Nelson brings up a good point too. A new game right now is anywhere between seventy and a hundred bucks, depending on what country you're living. So even yeah. by virtue of a new game versus a new toy, hey, and let's be fair, new toys, new figures can go from forty to sixty dollars too. But a new game yeah. has always been more expensive than a new toy. Yeah, and I think um, you know buying two of the same game to keep one sealed 
Um, besides looking at the box art, you can't do anything with it. Where I think a lot of toy collectors buy stuff that's sealed and they still get the same pleasure out of looking at that than they do if it was open. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. So, yeah. We've always collected figures and you and I talked about this earlier in the week. For games, it comes in different waves for us. We get hit with the bug and it's good for a couple of years and then we kind of do something else. But figures have always kind of yeah. been in the background. And I remember at one point during this wave of of games, I thought, well, I love toys, but I can only just put them on the shelf if I want them, you know, in a package. And like you said, it's weird for an adult to sit down and play with figures. So you don't really get that kind of experience that you did when you were a kid and you could play with the toys. I have kids now. I can play with them. It's different now for me. But a game, you can put it on the shelf and you can play it. So I remember feeling, oh, no, this is way better investment because even if I have little Samson, I can have it on the shelf and I uh, and I can play it. And we were talking on the phone the other day about this topic a little bit. And um, the, the difference for me, I find video games, they're, of course, always there, clearly, right? But, I mean, for me, it's a seasonal thing. And um, sometimes I really, really feel like getting into it and other times I just don't because, like we said, it's such a time commitment for you. Whereas I buy Luke Skywalker, it's like an art piece. I can look at him and it takes five seconds and I get a lot of pleasure from doing that. Whereas a game, if we're going to play Last of Us, you know, it's a three-hour intro. It's like, do I have time to sit there for three hours? Not really, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be in the right kind of mood for it. I'm going to jump to another comment on here. Adam Burke, it says, you know, Playmates, Carl Aronian said they shipped 100 million units of toys in the 90s alone. What I'm trying to get at with how many options to collect is not how many units were out there and that were shipped, but how many like on the checklist. So, you know, Batman the Animated Series had, I don't know, like 40 figures to collect versus the Super Nintendo library, which had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of games. I got two more. I'm going to make them quick because we're going to get to our special guest who's waiting in the green room right now. Motu Joe is standing by and he's surrounded in his beautiful collection. And I can't wait. I just want to bring him on screen so everybody can just look at it. We'll get to him in just a minute because oh, it's a beautiful collection. And I'm so lucky I've seen it in person. Um, Shut up. It's, Shut up. it's great. It's an awesome collection, especially if you're a Masters fan. No, oh, you just going to throw out there that I wasn't there. It's fine. It's well, this is the Hero Cast, isn't it? I mean, okay. our, our Jaden Hub Toy Show. This is <laughs> the Hero Cast. Uh, let's talk fraud and forgeries. Which has more of these, games or toys? Because this is a big thing when we're collecting, right? I've seen quite a bit of fraudulent games. Uh off the oh, there's such a, there's a huge knockoff market though for especially NECA stuff uh, and gonna, vintage Star Wars weapons. Yeah, and like 3D printing and like the old classic like Uze stuff, you know the the kind of ripoff stuff. I don't know, yeah. man. Uh, I'm gonna say toys. I'm gonna say games. I think games have way more, way more fraud out there. It's way yeah. harder to tell. I think. I mean, you can check the boards and everything. I just think that there's more, or there's at least more publicized note of you know fraudulent attempts at there to, to pass bad games. And I've been victim of one too. So I think. That's yeah. I, I mean, if you're talking about being able to spot it, games are way harder to spot. Sure, but I'm talking about in general. I just think toys are. Yeah, you're a little Samson. 
that was a tragedy in itself oh my god that that was down the rabbit hole quickly i bought little samson on ebay and it was a fraud it was really hard to tell from the pictures because they weren't that great and i got it and i could tell the second i touched it you know how an nes card is supposed to have that feel on the sticker you're supposed to have it kind of glide smooth yeah, this did not. And when I tried to return it and call the guy on it, he's like, I know where you live. I know where you're traveling. I follow you on Twitter. And it's just like, whoa, slow down there, super stalker. And it was just it, it was rough. Like I it was starting to get a little nervous. Like, OK, this, is this guy going to let me get my at the time five hundred and thirty dollars back? Or what's going to happen? Thankfully, eBay always sides with the buyer. The last thing I want to get to, Jay, is community. When it comes to collecting. What is the differences, pros and cons for game community and figure toy community? How does that help collecting? I'm, I'm going to quote you uh -oh. on this. And this was oh, a shit. I'm screwed either way. Maybe this was like a year ago and maybe a little bit longer. And I asked you this question because we're talking about the two different communities. And well, there's a lot of similarities between the toy community and the game community. There's a lot of difference. And I said, what, what is it? And you said, well, a video game by nature is competitive. Mm. You're trying to beat the score. I'm pretty sure this was you that said that. I'm going to give you credit anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> by nature, you're trying to beat the score. You're trying to beat an opponent online. You're always trying to beat or even just the computer itself, right? So there's that nature of competition already. Uh, where the toy community, and I met some awesome, awesome people like Scott, who's in the chat right now, who is just interested in helping people uh, complete their collections. If you like Black Hole, or if you like Clash of the Titans, or if you like G.I. Joe, it doesn't matter. Everyone is there to help each other. I'm not saying it's not like that in the games, but it feels a bit different. Yeah, I think my mindset, looking back on it today as I was getting ready for the show, is similar, I guess, to what I had said earlier. I feel like everybody we've encountered in the world of toys has been super helpful, understanding, respectful of things that we love. And in the world of games, I've noticed that people were very defensive about the stuff that they loved. You're a Sony person or a Microsoft person, <laughs> a Nintendo person or a Sega person. Like you had to find your little corner of the world within the game sphere. And I thought that there was a lot of immature attitudes, but I will also say that the gaming world and the, and the popularity of there's a lot of younger people playing games than there are people collecting toys. I mean, look at our podcast stats that we that we shared last week, right? The average listener of our podcast is between 35 and 44. I would say that the, the number of people that have helped us both in the game side of things and the toy side of things is probably equal. But we've also been inundated with a lot of immaturity stuff on the game side of things simply because there are more people to draw from. I also find in the game um, community, there's a lot of weird kind of jealousy. Just like, you know, if somebody, somebody in the toy community posts, hey, I got the blank, right? Like you did. Oh, who, me? Yeah, everyone's like, that's great. Good job, man. But it's like in the game community, it's like, oh, I got, you know, DuckTales 2 or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, well, where'd you get it? Oh, yeah, is it real? Like, let me see the board. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's... Yeah. There's this like you have to prove it, and I don't I don't have time for that stuff, man. You know, it's like yeah, you don't have to believe me if you don't want to, but I don't I haven't ran across that in the toy community not yet. Yeah, we've been, not yet. We've been pretty we've been pretty fortunate. I mean, action figure adventure is just rolling out, so we'll see what happens and if we become the target of so many 
action figure collectors out there. Uh, let's switch to topic number two. Our very patient, humbled, mega collector extraordinaire, Motu Joe is standing by. I'm going to bring him on uh, on screen. Is everybody ready? Let's count. Let's count down. Drum roll, please, Jay. Drum roll. Motu Joe is joining us. Look at that collection. I love it. Here we are, Motu Joe. And I, I wanted to bring you on very specifically because when we interviewed you for Action Figure Adventure, and it's in episode one, which has been shown in Canada, and our Kickstarter backers have seen it as well. We talk about the levels of collecting. And Brom Wiseman, who owns our local kind of uh, toy shop here, says, you know, there's different levels of collectors. And on one level, he says, you know, there's the guy who wants to get everything that has the brand name on it. And you had said, well, I like to collect everything with the Masters of the Universe brand. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've met. I've met the guy that you're talking about, bro. I, I met him. Yeah. His name is Motu Joe. He's awesome. Uh, and so I thought it's a really interesting pocket of collecting to talk about. Jay, you, I mean, have you ever gone down this rabbit hole, Jay, of like crazy collecting at all? Like when it comes to like, you and I have been like figures and play sets, but Joe goes to the next mile. Wait, 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 wait. I, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but you just asked Jay, the guy who yeah. is the host of two different TV shows about collecting, how crazy he'll go down. I think that's kind of an ironic question, don't you? Yeah, but I want to know how deep he goes <laughs> on, off the rails. Because I've seen him stick uh, on course. I've never I, seen him buy like packs of bubble gum or like, you know, shower curtains for his favorite things. So... Uh, Hey, Joe. Nice to meet you, by the way, brother. What's going on? Um, my whole life, there's been one staple, and that's been Star Wars. So some of the stuff like Transformers and Joe's taking a backseat a few years here and there, right? But there's always been Star Wars. Uh, not like you, Joe. I've, I've never uh, needed to get everything. That's like Steve Sansweet kind of collecting, man. That's another level. I mean, you know what? If I really thought about it, if I was only doing one thing, if I could pick, maybe. But uh, yeah, you're you're on another level that way, man. You like love He-Man, like love it. Well, not just He-Man. Joe likes a lot of things. Joe, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk for a second. I'm just really excited to have you on and talk about this particular corner because I don't know anybody else quite like you that has the balls to go in this direction. So, give us an introduction of who you are, how long you've been collecting. And really round out the scope of the kind of items that you collect outside sure. of just action figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I actually, um, I had a piece I just opened today, which will be a great segue in for this conversation. So um, the the AKA um, O2 Joe, my alias, my real name is Joe Teague, which it's not anything that I'm shy about. I just, I do a lot of this toy stuff under um, O2 Joe. He that ache that alias came about probably about six years ago now we can look at facebook to find out exactly when but i started collecting toys or in um it would have been my junior year of college so it goes back to 98 or so um i was working uh i still had a football scholarship i was an ra so i was that odd college student that had a fair amount of money coming in and i had some disposable income Oddly enough, I couldn't drink at the time. My stomach wasn't liking it. So I started buying toys and I got into toys and Dragon Ball was really prevalent at that time. So um, I got into that and started rekindling my Transformers uh, um, fandom, started buying some of those. 
and then it just it spiraled i went really deep into transformers um really deep into dragon ball video game collections i had uh, tons of different systems of um i had at one point all of them hooked up but it was one tv so i mean i did a lot of different things and around the uh, 2000x period is when when 2000 motu came out um the cartoon that's what really sparked my he-man interest and then uh a, around the time uh the birth of o2 joe so to speak on, on social media uh, that's when i decided to kind of make the switch and, and start to really kind of focus on he-man now being a master's collector you, there's a ton of figures already though Right, the, you've oh, got you've got the vintage, you've got new adventures, you've got two thousand X, two thousand two, you've got the staction stuff in two thousand six, you've got classics. Now you've got Origins, and at some point, Masters of the Multiverse coming out, plus Princess of Power. If you want to kind of loop that into the same thing, yep. those figures and playsets alone are hundreds and hundreds of you know items to collect. But you didn't yeah. stop there. And I didn't even mention the reaction figures or any of the other specialty kind of one-off statues or stuff that I know you have. What what else is out there that, that you collected? Why did you go in that direction? Um, well, it's it's part of a borderline OCD. You know, there's a I like to do something, I like to I tend to do it right. Uh it's light switch on, light switch off most of the time. Um, so this He-Man thing, it just kind of started to, it did, it, it spiraled. Um, a lot of people are familiar in the toy community, in the toy world, are familiar with Justice Curry. He and I started off on this crazy He-Man journey on a, on a similar timetable. He had already been crazy with G.I. Joe, but um, we started doing some really, really big deals and finding things and adding things to our collection. And um, then I realized that that's all I wanted to do. So I started figuring out, well, what about this you know like a you mentioned gum so well that's a he-man hologram that's pretty darn cool and truth be told i know i'm going to get somebody that's probably going to smack me in the future or something but 2000x cartoon is my favorite incarnation of he-man so i was like heck yeah i think that's cool i want to get that and then boom and boom and boom and boom so you start seeing things like this is Lunch bags from vintage back in the day, which I think, no, nope, <laughs> this, this one here may be more appropriate. Yeah, one of these, yeah, the Canadian version for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. there's sunglasses, a quick, quick list. Uh, just quick look. There's radios, toothpaste, uh, drink dispensers, AM wrist watches um shampoo from the uk suspenders erasers pencil sharpeners model kits paper plates stickers cassettes mirrors keychains uh magnets uh, all the merchandise is over here pencil bags uh wallets folders stamps it just goes on and on and on and on and then you start talking about international merchandise which like you've got <laughs> turkish trading cards that are you know sealed in box and you know they're, they're unperforated still like their trading um, cards came like this folded and then you could separate them to reveal the card inside wow i'm like so it just it's never ending 
So that in kind of part is kind of satisfying. I know that I have okay. something here that I can do and kind of keep going. And if I continue to enjoy it, I could probably keep going with just this one thing until I die. I mean, really? There's that uh, much out there? Jay, how come you haven't gone down this road with Star Wars or G.I. Joe? Because both have a lot of ancillary merchandise outside of figures. I'm glad well, you asked me. Ran what is it? Rancho Obi-Wan or whatever it is. He's already got Star Wars, so that was already done. Um Oh no! It's gonna collect no something gonna take before me. I was even born. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Jay? How come you've how come you've avoided Motu Joe's rabbit hole? Okay, so really quickly, uh, growing up, um, you know, we all have our stories about rough childhood and stuff like that. Uh, my mom was really into kind of taking me out of the world that I was in at the time. So the way she showed me was that she would buy me toys. And so literally I had everything, every series that you could ever imagine from 1980 onward. So all of that is so personal to me and it's such a part of me that I couldn't just pick one thing. That's why I literally collect for, for toys. I literally collect every series because I couldn't pick. But, uh, but, but I mean, above and beyond picking, it's not like you try to get everything with a Star Wars emblem on it. And your mom, oh. I should say, was a Mickey Mouse fan. And she had sure. tons of Mickey Mouse merchandise around the house. She had the phone. She had the wristwatch on the, like the yep. oversized wristwatch on the, like as a clock. She yep. had posters. She had, you know, um, maquette figurines. I, I guess it would be money. There, there's only so much money we all have, right? And, uh, so I would rather put it into more figures from different lines instead of, you know, Joe's got like lunch bags and stuff like that, which I commend, but that's doing that for star Wars. That's, that's another level of crazy, man, as you've seen Ray Rob with Steve and all that. Yeah. I mean, but there, I also think there's very few lines that go this deep and I don't think a lot of people would have figured that something like masters of the universe went as deep as it did. I mean, Joe, you're blowing me away with some of the stuff and I've been in that room I have footage of that room and I and I don't remember seeing some of that stuff. So you're blowing me away with all the merchandise. Jay, did you know that Masters went that deep or something? I mean, I, I, knew yeah. it was, I, I did a documentary on it. I knew it was successful, but I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't know it went that level. I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, there was Masters Universe Dixie Cups. Do you have those? Yeah. Uh, I yeah, remember those. Let's see if I can get the one here. Yeah. This and I did a... Uh, drink dispenser okay sure now these are more like a, a more of a cup it's not the actual dixie cups i think okay. i don't actually have a i think i know what you're talking about but i don't yeah. think i have that dixie cup well you better oh, get oh, that, buddy. Oh, oh yes i have one. Oh, here hold he on. goes he's going to get it. Got it hold on hold on we're zooming in for i Joe got my i got my phoenix suns blanket i grew up out west i love it some, so, some trivia on, for the on. people playing at home. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, so I think to answer your question, Rob, yeah, it's just it's there's only so much money to go around. And uh, Joe, you should open up a Masters Universe Museum because I've never seen anything like that for He-Man. You just crush it, man. And I understand you're a big Mask fan, too. Oh, Mask I is so mask. Good. Yeah. So I know it's hard to it's hard to imagine. I think I have some pictures on Facebook from the old 
room toy room 2.0 or something like that's what i called it but this this whole wall here was uh dbz the whole entire wall here was nothing but right. dragon ball right um masters was confined to actually the wall behind you um that whole entire wall all of it from floor to ceiling was nothing but mask just mask 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 wow all of this was transformers um Damn. so there's been a lot of progression over the years and um some really 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 fun stories but uh it's it, to your to what you were talking about with jay earlier it was just it's it's, it's a money thing to to try to have that uh unique item or that collectible and because of the collectible nature not necessarily that toy nostalgia you had as a kid sure. but that collectible hey i like to get this right uh it became too too cumbersome too costly too challenging to do in every facet of everything for example yeah. star wars and even he-man right now star wars you have to go to seven different stores to find your toys that's maddening you know um it is we all have a different exclusive yeah so pick one that's kind of where my mind went Sure, yeah, I, can, I can see that. I'd really like to see the the Joe Masters of the Universe Museum open up, buddy. So you got to well, make the good is If you're a Kickstarter backer of, of Action Figure Adventure, the after show for episode three has a nice little toy tour with Joe. Now it's only six minutes long, and you get to see a little bit of some of these what I call obscure deep dive collectible items. But they're some pretty cool pieces. So um, that's the one I got in today. Oh, I saw you go live on this. Yeah. Tell us what it is. It's a foam bath sock. Like you put it over your hand. Wow. Those are your bars of soap and you just wash yourself. It's a sponge foam. It's the most and, powerful sponge in the universe. And wash yourself with Skeletor. The, the, yeah, the, scrub you clean. <laughs> the exact the tie for you for you, uh, Jay, for your uh, Star Wars affinity is it's the same foam as the Dagobah. It is, I mean, you blow on that and it just it's gone. gone. It's dust. So, yeah. so you're gonna keep it packaged. You're not gonna play with it. Are you really one of those collectors, well, Joe? You know, if they stick around for the after show, we'll do some bath time and right. we'll see. Now, Joe, I don't have a lot from my childhood. Okay, I have almost nothing from my childhood when it comes to collectibles. It all got kind of taken away. Long story short, even the stuff that I got, you know, I reacquired later, has been you know traded off to different you know, film productions and as a way of funding them. But I do have one item from my childhood and I don't think Jay has seen this in probably 30 years. Okay. And it is masters. Oh, okay. And I, and I don't think you have it in your collection. Oh, let's I, see. I, 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 maybe you have it. Jay, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have, do you have a guess? I'm going to guess thunder punch. He man. No, 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 no. This is ancillary. Not, not a figure. Uh, okay, uh, I have no idea, man. Okay. Underwear, underwear. I'm, I'm, I'm literally perched. <laughs> so this is a beach towel. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man. Yes. So <laughs> I remember I that. Love it. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that is amazing. And it's funny because where I am right now is two doors down from where that was used the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. So you have to keep that forever and ever. That is so damn cool. Joe, I will never get rid of this. It's probably my favorite collectible that I've got. It's not really a collectible, but I would have it every time yeah. we went swimming. 
It'd be I, I when I think of it, I picture it over the clothesline in the backyard, getting dry in the sun, or being warm from the sun when you get out of the pool and you're wrapping around yourself. That's amazing. I, it's, yeah. I just want to I want to say here, Kyle says bath time after party. So we got the the we got the sponge. We got the towel. We got the towel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'll bring. You know, there's yeah. a there's a shower bag up there too. We can bring that along. We we each got something to bring to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's so cool and you know i think you're right i think that is one of the towel variants i don't have i think there's like eight or nine maybe even ten different towel variants oh wow there are quite Uh, a few joe what are some tips that you've got for people that want to go down this rabbit hole of collecting to the extent that you have with all this ancillary merch Uh, what would you say to them they've decided to go down this path there's no turning back how are you helping okay, so them? The out? crazy pill has already happened. There's I can't I can't stop and tell them no. Right? Don't Correct. do it. Correct. Okay, it's, so it's already done. <clears throat> um try to find a line that you think has a finish line. Because <laughs> if you think, oh, I want to do Star Wars, you know it doesn't have a finish line. Not one that unless you have a wallet, you know, bigger than this room, you're never going to get there. Right. So realistic goals, try to find a toy line that you think actually you could get to, you know, that may not, may not, may not translate. Well, you just may be diehard star Wars or diehard He-Man, but I, maybe if you really wanted to try to do it right off a smaller chunk of of something, you know, and, and to be fair, your next question is going to be is what would that be? I don't know what the toy line would be. They're all crazy. Uh, He-Man set the, the precedent with the merchandising the way it did. Star Wars was good, but the way He-Man did it, it changed the whole book. So it's, that's a bad example. He-Man's bad. Um, but uh, the thing I would suggest is if you are confident that you're going to do something, research, Google, licensing, um, know the company's history, know the stories of the history. Um, there's a lot you can find on, on Wiki's not always great, but it's a good source. And then join Facebook groups, join the communities, start talking to, I got to You know, this would have never happened to this level had I not done been forthright. Had I not come out and started saying, "I like toys. I like He-Man. Do you have He-Man stuff? Maybe we can trade. Maybe let's do something." And then it just spirals. I mean, you can do it behind the scenes, but for me, coming out and doing this, doing research, being helpful, trying to connect the dots and and work your way um, politely through the right channels it it does it it takes time but it opens doors we've got a question on the chat joe and this is a legit one it's from kyle andrews (laughs) who wants to know honest question are there adult masters of the universe bedroom toys there better be there should be and he doesn't mean like classic figures you know for the adult (laughs) collector these are adult toys uh you know obviously (laughs) You've got um, everything, Joe. What do you have in the bedroom? <laughs> oh, oh, God. This is a kid-friendly show. No, it's not. Obviously, there has nothing been officially licensed. Uh-oh. So, therefore, it doesn't exist in this toy room because there has been nothing with that, that logo on it officially. I believe there have been some parody products made in the past. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Not like the He Mandalorian or the, the Mandalorian uh, object I recently just saw. Um, 
But I do have this. This is Motu related. This was done by um, Victor's Vintage out of Iceland. Uh, this is definitely, if there I'm are kids afraid. watching, I'm please, please just, this is more adult content right now, just for a quick second, okay? So, oh my goodness. Way to go, Kyle. <laughs> you brought the whole show to this. So is that like a snout spout uh, mod custom? Y yes. Okay. He did a, um, <clears throat> I think it was the... Uh, <laughs> Penises of the universe. Oh my what God. he called it. Oh my God. <laughs> I, he makes some amazing custom figures. He he's who created, who brought to life my parody character, um, Ginger, and then he included right. this in the box as well. Well, because of course, I guess. <laughs> That's impressive. I, yeah. I, I again, we've got to end the conversation on, on a high note. Joe, do you want to stick around for some Q and A with us? Sure. Go cool. So, um, yeah, I don't need. We don't need to say anything else about deep dive collecting when that's the final item we get to see. Um, Sorry. <laughs> let's get to the questions. First up, we'll go to our big question format. Here we go. Uh, Bill asks. He found a Kickstarter project. He saw specifically a guide to vintage Star Wars figures, and he said it looked like an interesting project. But he can't get over the fact that he could just instead of backing it, put more money towards figures instead of a picture book. What is your opinion on this conundrum? Uh, I, I, I love the, uh, the the Belomo book, the guide to G.I. Joe. I have the third version, and that thing has saved my life. Um, I would back something like that because I find it's a very useful tool. Uh, when I'm trying to piece together Joe's, it's, it's a lifesaver, so I would do it. Joe? Uh, agree. The if you are into collecting and you know that that's what the rabbit hole you're going to go down, having an action figure guide, having a book of for reference of some kind, and I do mean book. Yes, there's the internet. Yes, there's the web. You can find things, but there is nothing like being able to go boom. There it is right here, and 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 it's I don't know. There's something tangible. I yeah. think there's something like we don't have Beckett anymore. Um, but that's it's not a price guide, but it's a guide. It's something mm -hmm. tangible. Makes you feel better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I obviously run a, a lot of Kickstarter campaigns, and I think it's important to support creators within our culture for sure so that they can expand the reach of the culture, whether it's a book, a TV show, a comic, or their own line of figures. I just think you can get something more out of it that you can't get out of just getting the figures. I think it's a good resource. I think it's, you know, uh, there's probably anecdotes in there that you're not familiar with or rationale or information, and it's right there. Yeah. It's handy. The, the proximity, the physicalness, the supporting nature, I think it's really important to do. If you've got to pick and choose, I mean, how much do you want that figure? Plus, if the Kickstarter is a limited time, you might never, ever see that thing again. Uh, so if you're interested, now's the time to do it and, and support it, especially if it's close to the finish line. Uh, next question, Nathan asks, statues or figures? Where is the line when some of these 12-inch figures are highly detailed and still posable? Joe, let's start with you. Um... I think my personal opinion, and it, I know it differs from some, uh, I think we're hitting a bubble when it comes to the action figure, truly action figure. I meant to pose this, articulate, and do something with it. I think we're hitting the bubble. I just don't see people wanting or willing to pay three and four hundred dollars for these crazy articulated figures. I think that's I think we're there. Now statues, 
<clears throat> that can that's a different ball of wax that can go a couple grand pretty easy depending on how big the material what's put into it how it's presented and everything else so what do you think uh is the definition though like i think what nathan is trying to talk about here not only cost which you totally nailed on the head but what is the difference between a 12 inch posable figure and a 12 inch statue is it just the posability is that where the line blurs you think uh because I look at the Mondo stuff, right, for Masters. Those are yeah. pretty close to being statues. And, Jay, I think Hot Toys is pretty close to that as well, too, right? Hot Toys, yes. Um, I think the difference is articulation. I don't think a traditional statue moves, right? Um, again, that line is blurred when you see something like a Hot Toy, which is, you know, I think my Kylo Ren was like $400. I, like, I can't do that, dude. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, it looks gorgeous, but I would rather get a bunch of uh, actual figures. Yeah, okay. they're they're beautiful. They are, and I'm not yeah. trying to undersell them or say that it's not it's not there. It's just it's it's it, in my mind. If to be fair, and now that now you've now you've got the money thinking really hard about it. To be fair, if I had to pay nine hundred dollars for a amazing Hulkbuster versus Hulk statue, or I pay nine hundred dollars or whatever the heck it was for the Hulkbuster hot toy, I want the Hulkbuster hot toy. Because that's something I can tangibly touch. I can never really do anything with that statue. But with that hot toy, when you start talking that price point, mm, I might take the hot toy. Cool. Cool. That's uh, I See, I might go the statue because I know the statue is perfect, exactly as the artist intended. Probably won't break to the same degree as an action figure. A limb could snap off as you're trying to pose it. Like those Mondo figures, man. I've got a few behind me. I've got Man-at-Arms broke out of the box. Merman had a piece fall off of them too. It's just like, oh my God, these things are super brittle every time I try to move them. I freaking love them though. So like, it's that love-hate relationship between this is kind of a statue because I'm not going to be posing this a lot. Snap! Uh, so it's got to sit right there without moving too much. Well, what's great was something like, um, I had the Hot Toys Farm Boy Luke figure and he literally came with everything that he ever wore except, yeah. except the Stormtrooper outfit. He came with everything. The deleted scene hat, the binoculars, the the uh, the sniper rifle. He came with everything, so I could change up how I wanted Luke to look. You know, I I like that versus a statue where if you get a statue of Thanos, he's doing this, and then that's all he does, right? It looks cool, but I like to be able to change it up if I'm going to spend that much money. Makes sense. Definitely. Matt asks uh, regarding the Mandalorian, the events of uh, a recent episode, the tragedy. Has it made you, Rob, regret your investment in the Razorcrest Haslabs project? Uh, I know Rob backed it, but not Jay, but I would love Jay's opinion too. Um, Jay, what is your opinion on that? Do you think, um, mild spoiler, it's a couple weeks old now for The Mandalorian, but the Razorcrest got destroyed. Do you think that hurts the feelings of so many Packers out there? Do you think it helps collectability? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a little silly. I think... First and foremost, Favreau's going to do what he has to do for the story. Um, and, and people are acting like this is the Millennium Falcon. The Razor Crest, it's a piece of crap. It, it's, it's, like a, it's a terrible ship. It never ran right. It's not fast. I mean, that's the point of it, right? Because obviously he's going to get something better. I don't think it changes it. I think it makes it cooler. I, I think um, people are looking for that iconic vehicle like the Falcon. I mean, we only saw it for a season and a half and it was gone. Right? Is it really that big of a deal? Do you think as many people would have signed up for it if the campaign started after the destruction versus while it was still around? 
again, I'll, I'll say what I just said. I'll kind of expand on that. I think we know that that ship is not going to be equal to an X-Wing or the Falcon. You know, it's just, it's a crappy cargo ship. He's going to get something better, right? So... I don't know. I think if they would have tried to launch that after it's been destroyed, I don't think it would have been successful. I think the charm of it is, is that it's this hunk of junk that does fly around the galaxy. Exactly. I like it, and I, yeah. I like it, and I'm still glad that I backed it, and I'm still glad that I'm getting it, because wherever the series goes from here on, it doesn't matter. I know what happened when the ship was part of it, and what that means to me, so I'm glad that that essence is going to be on the shelf as I'm a shelfer. But... I think destroying it and had they run the campaign after the fact, it, I don't think it would have hit its target because I think a lot of the the magic in it would have been gone, especially if a new ship does emerge and people are like, oh, I kind of like this one better. Or I like the other one better. I don't know which I should like. Why can't I have both? He might get the same class of ship again. Who knows? I mean, it's like if you're a Corvette guy, you want another Corvette, right? Like, who knows? Joe, what do you think? You chime, you chime in. Uh, I actually like Jay's last comment. Uh, that would be awesome. I just think all because of all this stupid drama about hey, they blew it up. I would love it if he goes, he gets another one, and it just and it's basically Favreau's way of going. You know what? I'll put it back. Yeah, there you go. Mando's not about Flash, and that's the best part. He's about heart. That's what makes that whole show work. I think it's going to increase the collectability, though, and I think you're right about the magic. So those are my those are my thoughts. Kevin asks, hey, Jay and Rob, I do have a question. I apologize if you've already covered it in a past uh, episode. I'm trying to play a little bit of catch up. Jay, as you know, I plan to get back into collecting in the new year, and I like to scan eBay for whole sets of figures to jumpstart the process. Do you ever buy in bulk sets uh, like that? Uh, do you ever put stipulation on shipping? I'll give you an example. I once ordered the complete Phantom Menace series of figures, including all Target and Walmart exclusives, very thorough set, but when they arrived, they were packed well, but one box had the cardboard backs folded at the top to optimize, oh. optimize in quotes, the shipping. I know it's a caveat emptor when it comes to eBay, but any advice on this, or should I stick to reputable companies even for full sets? Oh, that's tough, man. Uh, that's tough. Um, I, I don't limit myself to anything, so I would say if there was a whole collection that I saw and uh, the mood struck me right, I would buy it. Um, you got to be careful. I mean, when you're doing something like that, when you're ordering Phantom Menace, Jesus, at least 50. There's got to be at least 50 red cards. If you're going down that road, yeah, you got to say to the shipper, like, you better pack these really well. Like any of those old vintage card backs, they're going to bend. Like Masters of the Universe are notorious for that, right? Um, you just got to be careful, man. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever turn down anything. Yeah. Joe, Joe, what are your thoughts on buying lots in terms of a, a strategy to jumpstart collecting? Is that a, is that a good method? Pros and cons. Fantastic. That's what. Uh, to be fair, um, I mentioned doing a lot of hustling <laughs> with Justice Curry back a few years ago. That's kind of what what helped fuel a lot of this is was toy flipping. Was buying big lots of toys and hustling and flipping and selling. I mean, spending hours hours and days weeks um cleaning gi joe parts from a five by eight trailer that we filled um i mean it literally just so yeah it's a very good idea it's a very good strategy and if you play your cards right you can keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it right i i'm probably of the opposite ethos where i don't want the hassle of flipping and what we'll, i i have a future show plan where we talk about uh, the business of collecting and how flipping is such an integral part to fund the collection is and lots and, and acquiring the lots and how that can help fuel your own collection. 
but I don't like the hassle of doing that. I don't like spending hours and hours cleaning out a five by eight, you know, trailer full of parts and cleaning them all. I like the one figure in the in the condition that I want, and I and I want it just that 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 one figure. And I'll wait till I get the next one. I only consider lots when I think you know it's a pretty good deal. And then it's like, what am I going to do with these extra ones? Probably, you know, let let the kids have them or something like that. But I, I'm not really a, a flipper by nature, so it doesn't really doesn't really speak to me. But I understand it. Joe, Joe, I'm with you, man. I love. It's very therapeutic for me, especially for uh, Joe's to to sit there in my studio upstairs and clean them. And I have Bolobo's book, you know, laid out and I have all the Joe parts and I'm mixing and matching everything. I love it. There's something, like I said, very therapeutic about that. Got one, one more question from our Patreon backers. Sorry to jump in there. Uh, Scott asks, what are the pros and cons of graded figures? Do you think? Joe, we'll Joe, start with you. Yeah. Uh, that is a rabbit hole. I have barely even scratched. Um, as far as pros and cons quickly, I think preserving it, I think the displaying of it, I think the way they present everything is spectacular. It's safe. It's secure, shy of super heat. It'll never get destroyed. It's amazing. I love that idea of it. The fact that I can never touch it, I don't like that idea of it. Um, the fact that it costs tied to it and the association and the lure of this figure that was $10 is now $1,000. I'm just making up those numbers. Just because it got a stamp of 95 on it, when holding it in my hand is still a 95, I have a struggle, hard time understanding that. Yet the business entrepreneurial side of me is like, bye, 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 grade, 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 let's flip it and sell. You know, I, so yeah. I don't know if that answers anything. That's my perspective. Jay? I, my my Luke Skywalker vintage line story that happened this year. Um, I would want to send the best one of those to get graded because that's my absolute favorite figure, just to have like a trophy piece. But I've never felt the need to grade. I think it would have it would be cool to have one or two graded, but it's not something that I'm obsessed with by any means. I think the problem is that there are several different grading places out there. And a 95 at one is like an 80 at a different one. And even within the same place that grades, you can look at two figures with the same mark. They could be different figures or the same figure. And you can see the inconsistencies. So where it's supposed to provide a barometer and like hard lines to judge the value of something, there's still inconsistencies that arise. So it makes me question is it doing the job it should be like Joe, like you said, I like the idea that this is preserved and, and kind of encased forever to get protected against the elements, whatever those might be. Uh, we all know there's horror stories out there, but I just don't buy the value side of it, especially with the cost and the risk of shipping it off to get graded and put in there. It, it just makes me squirmy. I almost like the loose, the loose wiggle room I've got as a potential seller or buyer to look at something that is not graded and say, that isn't worth that to me because I see the defects here. I don't care if you think it's an 80 AFA or something like that. Cause I, to me, it's like a 60. I almost like the wiggle room negotiation side of an ungraded figure, but that's me. That's kind of how I like to do business. I want to have as much leverage on my side. And when you grade it, you're cutting down my, my ability to acquire or sell. I think, you know, they have one workaround for one of your arguments for grading. 
What's that? Um, if you are at a show or CAS or AFA or they're traveling and they're at one of the places and they're accepting orders, that's a way for you to go and drop it off or to give it to them. Because once they take it, now they've accepted the responsibility, right? So it's kind of like whew, no postal service, sure. no kicking it to the curb. I at least eliminated that risk. And cool. then when it's shipped back to you, it's encased. So what the heck, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I got one question from the chat, guys. And sorry, I couldn't get to all the questions that were, were flying in here. We always try to prioritize the Patreon backers. You know, it's a dollar a month. You get the extra episode and you get to have your questions kind of through part of the show uh, or topic suggestions. And uh, Jacqueline's chiming in here. Where's the best place to get online or uh, Motu figures, Joe? Online or vintage stores? Um, where, where should you get them? So, right, my answer is twofold. Um, for your new stuff that's coming out, I highly recommend going to your local comic shop, your local toy store. Uh, your big box stores are fine, but your local stores are going to be able to order these figures now. So for all the new stuff that's Masters coming out, um, most of these shops and comic book shops in particular can even get your tradebacks and things like the paper goods a lot of times too. They'll be able to order these figures for you from almost all the lines. Now you still have to go to a store to get some exclusives like the Panther Flock will be Walmart only. Um, a two-pack for He-Man is going to be a target only with Keldor. We know those things are happening, but for the most part, I go to your local shop. As far as the vintage stuff, two things. Facebook marketplace or Facebook groups, sorry, Facebook groups, which is kind of encompassing Instagram now because they're tied together. And then the other thing is going to be um, eBay. eBay still prevails. It seems to always deliver something on a weekly basis that I don't have that's a reasonable price. Well, there it is from the man who would know best. Uh, Joe, I'm going to bid you adieu at this point. We've got to get to our action figure spotlight to close out the episode. Thanks Jay, it was so awesome much, to meet man. you. Hey, dude, it was good to meet you. Um, yeah, let's do this again for sure. And in person. In person. Yes, I cannot right. wait. We have to get that Castle Skull. We do. Absolutely. I can say that. I can say that. We have That's to get that Castle say. Grayskull. You're you're. You're getting closer, Joe. Okay, I really have to get kick you off now because I don't like where this is going. Okay, hey, I'll talk to you later, brother. Cheers. So, Jay, action figure spotlight time. You know I have a pile over here. I have had two pieces of mail come for me. Do you have a bunch of figures or do you have the one and done you've made up your mind? I have one that I wanted to talk about since we, uh, with the concept of this show came up. It's... No surprise to you who it's going to be. I have two figures that have always been my favorite that I go back and forth with over the years. But recently, when I went up to pick out my Inhumanoids up in Hamilton, um, the particular store I was at, Cool Stuff, had a card back for one of my favorite figures of all time. So I wanted oh, to show... Oh, my goodness. So I wanted to show that. You already know what this is. So one of my favorite uh, figures of all time is this guy here. I'm going to solo you. Hang on. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Show him so, up. There we go. He's a matchbox figure. Uh, his name's Scott Bernard, and he's from Robotech, which is uh, a really, really awesome. The toy line's not so great, but the anime is amazing. And for whatever reason, growing up, uh, when we were playing with our toys and stuff, I didn't know anything about Robotech. I just thought he was really, really cool looking, and he's always been my favorite figure. Of course, later when I watched the anime, I fell in love with the character. And so I found his card back, which is in pristine shape. You want to talk about grading something. So you can see here that the bubble has been cut with an X-Acto knife. 
So he's been taken out professionally, and there we go. The card back is in pristine shape. Um, anyone who doesn't know what Robotech it is, it is a three-part uh, anime that was uh, North Americanized, and it's just a fantastic show. And I gotta say, I think Scott is my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, toy. I really do. He's he's taking out War Duke. Wow. Yeah. That is. Uh... That is uh, a high place to be up on your mantle of, of your loves, my friend. He is. He's just, I, I love the color scheme of the character. I love the story of the character. Um, Robotech, the new generation is the third part in the trilogy. And he's arguably the main character in it. And uh, I just love it. I love how he transforms. I love the story, how Matchbox, because Hasbro purchased the license to Jetfire, um, that's a matchbox wasn't allowed to make the Robotech toys transform, which is also a really interesting story that I could talk about for hours. But anyway, Scott Bernard, there you go. All right, Jay, you know how this game works. I've got a pile over here. I need you to pick a number between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to go with number seven. Number seven. Okay, I got to move some stuff. There we go. Okay, so this is, <laughs> you're going to hate this. I love it. Um, this is a figure kind of playset thing, and the reason I got to kind of do a dual thing is because it's a sealed box still. Okay, it came out in 1987. It is a Mattel license, and it is from a toy line you hate, but I love. So I'm gonna sold oh, it on. Know. I'm gonna sold it on screen. So here oh, we go. So oh, that's stupid thing. <laughs> Shut up! I love this thing. So this is the Power On Energizer from Captain Power. This is the packing Captain Power figure that comes with the basically the base station that helps transform him. Uh, oh man, I just loved it as a kid. I remember getting this set as a kid, and, and so to get it sealed, I mean, that's not <laughs> the greatest artwork on the back there. Two kids. I look how close they got to get to that TV. Are we close enough? Did it work? Uh, I don't think it really worked. What was really interesting about that, yeah, that was where the the soldiers of the future would stand on and their armor yeah. would materialize. But what was funny about that is that Captain Power had a gimmick where it used the light gun technology similar to, similar to what Nintendo had. And it would you would hit and you would get points and the TV could shoot back at your ship. But when you powered that thing on, it damaged your ship. Yeah. I never, never understood that. Yeah, I remember. Do you remember like watching it with our ships at the end? We'd have to hit the button and like count with all the beeps to see how many points we got. Oh my god! So <laughs> was that nine or ten? It was I like boop, 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 boop. It kept going higher and higher, and you're like, I can't count past seven anyway. So I don't. I know. I, I love the ad copy on the back. It says, "When Captain Power is on TV or on videotape, sold separately, place Captain Power onto the Power Energizer. When Captain Power lights up." And powers on TV. The power on signal will activate power on, and Captain Power will light up and energize. Works up from 10 feet away from your TV. Yeah, and he'll damage your ship, which is BS. Um, anybody who doesn't know, I'm sure everyone watching in chat knows what Captain Power is. Just look it up on YouTube. It's it was a very marketed for kids, but like most things in the 80s, marketed for kids, but it was very dark and adult, and it's a really, really cool show, man. But it's not for the youngins. It even says here, actually sends out a pulsating light force 
uh, light force field that takes points away from other captain power vehicles for 15 seconds, or evidently your own. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Coming your way in 87. So that's really cool, man. That's uh, a trip back down. I mean, for sure. Yeah. We loved, loved that show. But honestly, I got this. I'll reveal the price. I got this for $70 Canadian sealed yeah. box. The Energizer loose I've seen for like 30 and Captain Power on, on card goes for like 30 or so. So I thought, well, this is dumb not to get this. So I just thought, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a line that's actually pretty reasonable to collect for. You know, there's higher end stuff like Mask. Like if you're trying to collect Mask, forget it. But Captain Power, like uh, Dick Tracy that you love, the Playmates Dick Tracy, that stuff's very reasonable. So yeah, there's a lot of lines you can collect vintage style for that aren't going to make you broke. Well, I knew you would just love that. So I do. I'm so glad I was able to show that. And you picked number seven, and that's where it was on the bottom of all the other stuff where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that'll do it for another show, Jay. Please remind us where we can find you on the social medias of the world and the platforms. Well, listen, I wish. Is, is it is it at Stadium J at Toy Collector J? Is it at Power Collector J? I wish I was as cool as you and Joe. I don't have any kind of fancy nickname. Or I'm, I'm bound to make one stick that, nah, just, that you just can't turn down. I don't have that. So if you guys are looking me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's just Jay Bartlett. It's just plain old Jay. But Jay, um, I'm always confused because there's two when I look up Jay Bartlett on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is where I do my personal toy stuff. And there's two. There's one who has a way bigger following than I do, um, and he's an exorcist. I, I love. I'm. I've given so much promotion to this other Jay Bartlett. I hope he, Jay Bartlett, other Jay Bartlett, if you're watching, give me back some love, man, because I pump your channel every time. Uh, on YouTube, it's just Jay Bartlett. He's a pretty good guy. Him and I have started a new podcast. It's called Ghosts of Toys Past. It's he talks about ghosts and I talk about toys. So replaced or kind of it's it's getting a little it's, bit more traction than this show. So one window. This is when my window disappears. Right? The nice thing well, is the nice thing is I don't have to change any of the logos because it's still the Jay and Rob show. It's just a different better Jay. And Jay's already disappeared from the window. Here just here. just post his picture like over all the artwork. I'm just gonna cut his head out and stick it on. Do like a ghost <laughs> thing. Yeah, ghost. Kyle, Kyle, that's hilarious. Sorry for the naughty bits, dude. That was awesome. This is not for kids anyway. So yeah, and I want to give a shout out. I kicked Motu Joe off before he could tell everybody where to find him. But the good news is, all you have to do is search Motu Joe. He's very active on every single Masters of the Universe group that's on Facebook. You gotta check out his YouTube channel. Uh, again, search Motu Joe. He just did an awesome hour long. Uh, comparison of all the different masters of the universe bicycles that are out there. Wow. And including one that he doesn't have any information on. He thinks he has the only one in existence and it's a pretty cool, pretty cool look at that stuff. So please check out Motu Joe's YouTube. Also retro rags limited. Hey, of course, retro rags, uh, which Motu Joe runs is the official clothier of action figure adventure. You can get yeah. some awesome clothes. Uh, if you go to retrorags.com. They've got amazing merch and get yourself an action figure adventure poster or shirt right there. Thunderhawk or just the logo for the series. It's all there. So check that out for sure. And of course you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Rob McZob or go to robmczob.com, my new website that I launched where everything is kind of there as well. Any last thoughts, Jay? 
Oh, you got a new website. The big hero's got the new website. What will I have to make me the hero next week? Everybody wants to know. Someone I, help a, me! Someone there's a double whammy this week between my scarf and the website. I just kind of slipped it in there. You got the scarf. Uh, you got the exorcist guy taking over for what I do. So he's going to be the guy. The new XJ is going to be he's the, the guy. guy. He's I'm the, the guy. guy. I don't want that guy to be. I'm the guy. You are the guy. The only way that you'll be the guy is if you die and then haunt us. And then the guy can talk about the former guy. That's dark. That's dark wood. It's, it's dark 2020, wood. Jay. It's 2020. The world sucks. But hey. 20 more days, we're going to feel better, or whatever it is until 2021. The The world will be healed in 2021. Isn't that the theory? Yeah, it's everyone out there who doesn't believe this virus is real. I really do feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> it's real. But don't worry, when the clock turns over to 2021, it just disappears. I agree. Well, as we always say, for the love of toys, take care of yourself and each other. So stupid. But it's still so, so good. <laughs>